0: It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com.
1: This is episode 21 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments.
0: First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed but should definitely check out. Hi, honey. Welcome to the podcast. Did you say welcome to the podcast or welcome to the podcast? I guess it's the I same. Said-
1: popped
0: it sounds a little bit like podcast which i guess was the point of the title in the first place did
1: i say it wrong
0: no i don't think you said it wrong no when you just said welcome to the podcast welcome to the popped cast
1: welcome to the popped podcast welcome to the pop pops pop pop pop
0: too many plosives can i just say something before i give you the updates yes please so for listeners of the podcast you obviously can't see this but for halloween this year Maureen and I and our son, Caleb, went as Disney characters. Caleb, our son, was Mickey, Maureen was Minnie, and I was Goofy. And I shaved my beard because Goofy doesn't have a beard. And my face is cold.
1: I haven't seen Josh's face since last year at Halloween when he shaved his beard into a mustache to be a strong man with the circus. So it's like an annual thing now.
0: Yeah, I don't like it it's it's such a weird feeling when you've had a beard for so long and then you you know in a moment don't have a beard it's your face feels completely different and every time i look in the mirror i have to do a little uh, a second take what do they call that a double take a double take <laughs>
1: <laughs> a second i was take. close
0: a double take i have to do a double take who is that that's me without a beard so hopefully it'll grow back soon it's already started thank goodness
1: yeah he already has a shadow
0: until next year can i just be a character let's pick a character that has a big beard so i'll think santa? about that
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to be young santa
0: <laughs> there's got to be more characters with beards well, we'll think about it we have a we have an entire year one bit of follow-up from two weeks ago is when we talked about hocus pocus and i mistakenly said that gary marshall who makes a cameo in the film playing the devil i made a mistake that that I said his wife, his wife in real life, played his wife in the movie. Well, in fact, it's his sister in real life who played his wife in the movie. Very different. Which is kind of strange when you think about it. Though it's not a...
1: There's no romantic There's scenes. no romantic yeah.
0: scenes. But even still, it'd be a little weird to act uh, opposite your sibling and pretend they're your wife or husband. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be weird to act opposite my brother in anything because he's never acted before but it'd be kind of okay. fun it'd be kind of fun
0: <laughs> that really wasn't the point kevin
1: i know you're listening
0: so anyway apologies for that mistake it was gary and penny marshall their siblings they play husband and wife in the film let's just talk about the snack bag how about that
1: let's jump on in
0: our first snack bag topic i brought this story to maureen's attention the other day i saw this thing online i think it was a BuzzFeed article. And the actor Rami Malek, who is in Mr. Robot, he is starring in the forthcoming Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody. And he had an interesting fan interaction. Essentially, what happened was that he was approached by a fan in the street. The fan, I guess, asked for a picture with him. He said, sure. They started taking a selfie picture and the fan had started recording a video instead. And... She said, hey, can you give a shout out to my friends? And he said, no, 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 no. I said a picture. And then she said, oh, okay. And then at the very end of this clip, which we will link in the show notes and you must check out if you haven't, he starts to say, well, that's a video, but he doesn't finish it. She cuts it off. So it's pretty much like, well, that's a vid." I watched it, I think I watched it 20 times in a row because the clip is only seven seconds. It is so funny when you realize the awkwardness of what's happening.
1: And she is very nice. Like you can tell she like feels yeah, she's really super bad. Sweet. And, and so she basically like, she's recording this video, but then she just tries to pretend that it's a picture. So she's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then like just like smiles, but like clearly can't like take a picture because she's already shooting a video. So that's when
0: she just kind of starts to put her phone away. And that's when Rami Malik is like, oh wait. That's a vid. The follow-up, because this happened a couple of days ago, is that Rami Malek said, look, I love my fans. I wouldn't be anywhere without my fans. But sometimes you just have to protect yourself as a human and you can't you know, offer a video to every person you meet on the street. So I get it from his perspective. think I, it's so
1: very nice about it. Yeah,
0: I can't fault him for his reaction, but it's really funny. So check it out. Second snack bag topic this week. This is something that was so big last week that I almost put it on our snack bag list. But I refrained, and I'm glad I did because... Last week, there was a picture that went around the internet that a lot, a lot of people saw because news outlets covered it and blogs covered it and it was all over social media. And this was that Justin Bieber apparently ate burritos in a really weird fashion. So like think, from the middle, like from instead the middle. Of from an end. Yeah. So it looks like he's eating corn on the cob or he's playing a harmonica, but he was eating a burrito this week. It was revealed that that was set up as a prank by this YouTube group called Yes Theory. They found a Justin Bieber lookalike. They brought him to Los Angeles and staged a couple of different things, including this burrito eating, and put it on the internet. So many people believed that it was true. You saw the picture, right, Maureen?
1: It looks like him, yeah. It looks
0: looks like Justin Biebs is eating a weird burrito. There were news outlets that covered it that tried to replicate how he ate the burrito, like how could anybody possibly eat a burrito like corn on the cob? The real thing that came out of this whole whole situation was that you just can't believe everything you read on the internet. And it just goes to show you that news outlets did not do any due diligence to check to see if this was accurate or not.
1: And don't believe every picture you see either.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is especially true in this day and age when there is so much fake information out there. And I don't know if it was this group's intention to point to the fact that we should question some things we see and not take everything at face value. But I think that's a good thing that came out of it, that when anybody has access to Photoshop and video editing, that you can make something look credible even if it's not. So I thought that was really interesting. And the the behind-the-scenes video where they show how they dress this guy up as Justin Bieber is really funny. It's about 12 minutes long, but it's totally worth watching if you saw this picture and wondered how they pulled this off.
1: Did Justin Bieber comment on this?
0: Not that I've seen.
1: Poor Biebs.
0: Yeah, I think that he is too big at this point to care about this viral stunt so he was in the news himself this week because he cut his long hair he went from having really long hair to having a buzz cut and of course that made the news as there was nothing else to talk about I guess this week
1: that is crazy that's a celebrity getting a haircut is on the news honey if you were famous people would be like Josh shaved his beard he He shaved his shaved his beard
0: yeah that's true Good thing I'm not famous because that would be such a boring news story.
1: All right, honey, I think we have one more snack bag.
0: One more snack bag topic here. This is just a short something that I saw. For those of you who are fans of the show Game of Thrones, they are obviously capitalizing on the property and making a prequel to the current series, which will end next year in 2019. And the first big piece of casting news for the prequel has just come out. And Naomi Watts, who is a two-time Academy Award nominee, has been cast, I think, in a pretty significant role. Thoughts on this?
1: I'm very excited about it because we watch Game of Thrones. We haven't read the books, but we watch the series. So I like the idea of a prequel. So we've watched all the episodes. Again, don't read the books. But the article that Josh shared that was talking about Naomi Watts being cast mentions like all of these other characters that I literally have never heard of, which I think is a lot of the backstory that you get in the books but not on
0: TV. So I may have some reading to do. I think they'll probably set it up. You have to imagine that they will because we didn't read anything ahead of Game of Thrones and we're totally fine jumping into that series. So I think it's interesting that they're casting someone who's such a high-profile actress. Game of Thrones, the TV show, only had a couple high-profile actors and actresses when the show started, one of which was killed off in the very first season. I don't think that they need her to draw any viewers, but... You know, they probably want some name attached to it so that they have the ability to draw in new people if they want
1: like the idea and also as the article pointed out naomi watts has been having a rough time career wise been in some kind of lackluster films lately so naomi watts is not so super famous right now that she's like in the news every other week for eating burritos right like she's a little bit of a lower profile talented obviously a big name but i think it'll be i think it'll be great
0: so what you're saying is they need to cast justin Bieber bieber in the game of thrones prequel yeah. Can you imagine him and Naomi Watts and someone like Meryl Streep in the Game of Thrones? You, I think people would have to tune in just to see <laughs> what exactly was going to happen. I think it would be. That would be silly.
1: Yeah, very silly.
0: Okay, let's jump into our marquee topic this week. I was thinking about what we should talk about this week. Earlier in the week, we watched the Wicked TV special, which was basically celebrating 15 years of the musical Wicked. It was an NBC show. It was about an hour long And I thought, let's talk about the musical Wicked. It's celebrating its 15th year on Broadway, opened in 2003. We haven't really talked about theater since the very first episode of our podcast when we talked about the Tonys. So I thought this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about theater and one of the shows that we really like. We'll talk a little bit about the production that we've seen before, and then we will close it out by talking about this NBC special. They sang seven songs from the musical. We went and ranked them to determine what our least favorite was and what our favorite is.
1: Before Josh jumps into this, I just want to say that this is not like a, oh gosh, they're doing a musical theater episode. Wicked, this is like one where if you're not a musical person, you should still see this one because it's that good.
0: Yeah, it's going to appeal to a very large swath of people. So just a little bit of background on the show. For those of you who haven't seen it or aren't familiar with the story, it's often tagged as the untold story of the Witches of Oz. And also, so much happened before Dorothy dropped in. It's the story of Glinda, the Good Witch, and Elphaba, the Green Witch, who becomes the Wicked Witch of the West, and their story and friendship before the events of The Wizard of Oz take place, so the very famous book and movie from the 1930s. It's grossed over $1 billion since it started on Broadway. And it's really a juggernaut. It's gone around the world, and it has ongoing productions in New York, London, and a second national tour that's been running for six years. Let's talk about the musical first. How many times have you seen it, Maureen? And do you remember the first time that you saw it?
1: Wow. The first time I saw it was in New York, and I saw it on Broadway, but it was not the original cast. I think I saw the second cast, and it was great. And Probably
0: somewhere in 2004, 2005.
1: Yeah, and then I saw it a few times since then. Yeah, I love the show. I know all of the music. I used to listen to this album nonstop in high school and college. It was so popular when I was studying musical theater that you were not allowed to sing any – I mean, you were allowed to, but, like, it was kind of it was taboo. frowned upon. Yeah, it was, like, very lame to sing any of the songs from Wicked for an audition. But I love – I mean, the songs are awesome for both of the lead characters. So I used to sing them all the time in my dorm room. <laughs>
0: My first experience with the show was also the Broadway production. I saw it in New York. I think it was in 2005 or 2006. So it was a couple years after it came out. It was one of those shows where you just couldn't get a ticket right away. It was that popular. I think that it's one of those shows that appeals to just such a big group of people. Like It appeals to younger people. It appeals to older people. It's funny. It's lighthearted, but it has romance and it has real heart to it. It's
1: family friendly.
0: Yeah, it's family friendly. I just remember loving the music as well. And I just have to say that I still think it's a crime that it did not win more Tonys at the 2004 Tony Awards. It lost Best Musical to Avenue Q and it lost Best Music to Avenue Q and having seen both of those shows, I really just don't understand that. I can see that it might not have won best musical, but the music, the music, ob- the music yeah. objectively from Wicked is better than the music from Avenue Q. They're, they're not doing NBC specials about Avenue Q 15 years later. So I, th- I think it's a crime that it did not win. More Tonys. It did win a couple. Maybe it's
1: just because it wasn't edgy, or maybe it's because it wasn't original.
0: It is based on a book, but it is an original musical. It's not as if it was based on an, an existing property like a movie. Right. It did get kind of mixed reviews did they, when did it came out. Did one of them
1: win for best actress? Yeah,
0: Adina Menzel, who was the original Elphaba, won the Tony for best actress in a musical. So that's good. She's very good. So yeah, I think it's a crime that it didn't win more Tonys. I, th- I think it at least should have won best music and strangely enough the composer of the musical steven schwartz has never won a tony what yeah which is crazy that's he's, horrifying Yeah, he's won, he's written so many different shows oh my gosh he has won an oscar so
1: cr- oh my gosh his music is beautiful
0: yeah i'm surprised he's never won a tony but maybe he'll
1: did he do uh, children of eden yeah yeah i love that one
0: so hopefully he'll win at some point he's written so many good shows anyway I've seen the show three times, I think. I've seen the Broadway version. I saw it when it came to DC at the Kennedy Center, and I saw a tour stop somewhere else too. And I have a distinct memory when I saw it for the third time, I think, which has been a couple years at this point. But I remember texting a friend, during intermission, just saying how it made me like fall in love with musical theater again, seeing the show. It just is that kind of a show. It just gives you so much energy. And that's a testament to the performances, but also the production and the writing as well. So, in celebration of its 15th anniversary, NBC aired a special this week called A Very Wicked Halloween. It was hosted by the original Alphaba, Adina Menzel, and the original Glinda, Kristen Chenoweth. And it featured seven songs from the musical performed by everyone from the current cast to the original stars and people in between. Before we talk about the performances, because that was the big linchpin of the special, what did you think of the show overall?
1: I thought it was incredibly awkward and sad.
0: Yeah. It Not was... like
1: sad, sad, but like it made me sad because I was so excited for it. And it was reminiscent of John Stamos on the 4th of July, who you're like, oh my gosh, I love you, John Stamos. It I love you, that Uncle bad. Jesse but well, he wasn't that bad it was just it was just a little canned and a little awkward and you know what maybe that's just what this is like it's stars in front of us like an audience in this case and they're in all the dressed studio up. they're all dressed up it's much more of like a cabaret type Performance, And I just think that's a little bit harder to watch on TV than it is live. Like, I'm sure if we had been at the 4th of July or been at this Wicked Special, we would have been, you know, geeking out with everybody else. But from TV, it just fell a little flat to me. And I think it was trying to be really funny. And it just should have been a straight up tribute for the nerds like us out there.
0: I think that's really well put. And the only thing I'll add to that is that I read an article about the special this week that said wicked on its 15th anniversary deserves better than this nbc special the one good thing that did come out of it were the performances and there were some really really good ones and some not so good ones so there were seven overall they sang seven songs from the show and we ranked them worst to best
1: everyone had a great voice like this is like these are like top performers on broadway and you don't have to
0: caveat it we don't have to like everything we saw Well, some of them were not good that's but okay. it's not
1: that they weren't good. It was just that it was like an awkward performance. It wasn't like anybody's voice cracked or anybody was bad. It was just like, this is kind of uncomfortable to watch.
0: Okay. With that, our least favorite performance of the night was the song Popular, originally sung in the show by Glinda and sung and performed at the Wicked special by Kristen Chenoweth.
2: Whenever I see someone less fortunate than I, applause and let's face it who is it less fortunate than i okay this is the moment get your phones out i know some of you guys are already filming and i love it (laughs) my tender heart tends to start to bleed and when someone needs a makeover i simply have to take over i know i know exactly what you
0: need okay there's a lot to unpack in this one but we'll keep it brief let me start by saying that to Maureen's point, this one was just so awkward. It was by far the worst performance of the night.
1: There was a lot of pandering to the audience.
0: All you wanted to hear was the song, which is good, which is a fun, upbeat song. And Kristen Chenoweth made a point to awkwardly interact with the audience throughout the entire thing. She even Brought went so far on stage. Yeah, as bringing oh, someone so on stage. And she could not have brought a more awkward person on stage. So if you're going to bring someone, at least put someone in the audience that you know is going to be energetic and fun.
1: But that poor person didn't know they were going to get pulled on stage. Well, what I'm saying
0: is they should have planted someone. If she wanted to do it, then they should have planted someone in the audience because it just was weird. The whole thing was weird.
1: I think the problem was that this happens in musical theater all the time. The song functions in context. It is one person who's popular telling another person who has no friends how to be popular. And Kristen Chenoweth found herself singing it alone without the unpopular person to kind of talk to. So she kind of tried to talk to the audience. But again, it was instead of just like playing the scene that in which the song takes place, she was doing it like a cabaret act and interacting with the audience. And it just didn't
0: work. The number six song was Defying Gravity which was performed in the show by Alphaba, and performed on the special by Idina Menzel, the original Alphaba.
1: So basically our two least favorites were the two lead actresses who originated these roles singing their most famous songs.
2: Something has changed within me Something
3: is not the same I'm through with playing by The rules of someone else's game Too late for a second guessing too late to go back to sleep, it's time to trust my instincts, close my eyes, and leave, it's time to try to fight.
0: But this one had a different problem, for me at least, and that was that the song is super powerful when you see it in the show. And it or was, even
1: when you hear someone sing it at an audition it's an amazing arrangement
0: yeah or if you just listen on the album this version they arranged the song in such a weird
1: it was like a like a hip cat like yeah like a it a was club. like a yeah it was, it was like like, there like there was an, an old a school club to it and it was like
0: it just did not work with the song it was fine with her voice but it didn't show off the strength of Adina Menzel's voice. It
1: also made it like slower weirdly.
0: It was not good. And I think that was my biggest problem with it, that they changed the really great arrangement of the music and made it something that it shouldn't have been.
1: Also, this is a musical theater special everyone who was in the audience or watching it was watching it because they liked the musical, not because they want to hear like a slightly poppier version of it. And even when they brought pop stars out to sing these songs, they sang the musical versions of them. So there was no reason for them to have this weird arrangement. This, for it, however,
0: know. is not as bad as what I discovered on Spotify this week At that is a dance remix of Defying Gravity. Do yourself a favor and never listen to that. That should be scrubbed from the internet. It is so weird no one wants to go to a club, and I mean a club club, and dance to defy Gravity. So get that off the interwebs. The number five song was As Long As You're Mine, which is performed in the musical version by Fierro and Elphaba, and performed in the NBC special by Adam Lambert and Let Us See. This one was just fine. It's not my
1: favorite song in the show. So it wasn't going to be my favorite song here. They both have great voices, but it was kind of like meh. They did some amazing riffs at the end, which I was into.
0: Yeah, the riffs were good, but it was just it was one another one of those where they're either there or they're watching on TV because they like the music from the original cast recording or when they saw it. They don't really need you to do something extra special and have a riff off at the end. It's just a little weird. But the song is fine and the performances were fine. Not really sure why they included this, except that it's kind of the only love song in the whole show, so I think that's why they included it. It's much better on the album, though. Number four was A Strange Inclusion. It was the song One Short Day, which is sung by the whole cast in the musical version, and this one was actually performed by the current Broadway cast.
4: One short
3: day in the Emerald City. I've always wanted to see the Emerald- One short day in the Emerald City, Emerald City. One short day in the Emerald City, one short day full of so much to do. Every way that you look in the city, there's something exquisite.
0: This is actually a pretty good song. I like this song a lot. So they they kind of used a satellite to beam in the cast performing this on the stage at the Gershwin Theater in New York. And for me, the thing that was weird about this is that this is one that is super weird out of context. If you came into this NBC special not knowing anything about Wicked and you saw these weird giant clown creatures dancing on stage while they're singing this pretty good song, I think you'd be like, I'm out. I'm not going to... Not gonna check this out any further.
1: I think the only reason it was included was because they needed an ensemble number, so and that
0: was the only way they were gonna get an ensemble was to is that use the, the only
1: th- number. Is that the only ensemble number?
0: Well, Defying Gravity is technically an ensemble number, but yeah. only only towards the end. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but and they certainly weren't gonna bring them all to this other theater. They just keep them at their right. current theater. But again, it was fine. It's just weird to see it out of context. The top three were pretty close in our rankings. Two of the top three tied at number two in terms of how Maureen and I ranked these. So the first one we'll talk about is the song What Is This Feeling? that is sung in the musical by Glinda and Elphaba and was sung at the NBC special by the amazing acapella group Pentatonix.
3: What is this feeling so sudden and new? I felt the moment I laid eyes on you. My pulse is rushing My head is reeling My face is flushing What is this feeling? burning as a flame
4: Does it have
3: a name? Yeah. Yes Loathing
4: Unadulterated loathing For your face Your voice Your
3: clothing Let's just say I loathe it all She's
4: a tartar We don't mean to show a bias But you're a
1: martyr Well, these things are said to true. It was awesome. It was an awesome arrangement. Very true to the original, but I mean arranged between their five voices. One of the guys in Pentatonix actually sang the Kristen Chenoweth part, which is the soprano part, and his falsetto was amazing. And he and two of the other members are trained in musical theater, so I just thought it was a really honest representation. It was cool to hear five voices doing this, but you still felt like it was the original song that you were listening to. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I think that this one was so good because they're just really good singers and their arrangements are just excellent. So they do things in a way that, as Maureen said, is true to the original, but shows you their own style and personality. Okay, the other one that tied at number two was the last song that they performed of the night, which was For Good. And this is kind of the final big song in the show it's sung between Glinda and Elphaba and it's a really emotional moving song it goes to the heart of the entire show about friendship and sisterhood this one was sung at the special by Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth and then they brought out a bunch of other women who would played Elphaba and Glinda over the years
2: I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason bringing something we must learn and we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them and we help them in return well i don't know if i believe that's true but i know i'm who i am
3: Comet pulled from orbit as it passes a sun Like a stream that meets a boulder Halfway through the world Who can say if I've been changed for?
2: Welcome our sisters.
0: For me, this is one of the best performances of the night. The song itself is great. Hearing the original two people singing it was great. But I think what made it even better was hearing all of these other voices come in and this like powerful chorus and ensemble of women who have played these lead roles over the years was just really great to hear.
1: I think also there was a lot of emotion in this one. So Kristen Chenoweth and Nadina Menzel start off. Kristen Chenoweth was crying, talking about, Kind and of she much, wasn't the
0: only one because I was crying too. Yeah,
1: how much this show had meant to her. And then you could see in all the other ones. I mean, these are roles of a lifetime. And to be able to play that on Broadway or in the national tour, really anywhere and get to sing these songs, I think made a lot of these women's careers. And it was just really cool to see... Them express their gratitude for that. So that, combined with like the extremely sentimental lyrics, which could apply to any meaningful relationship, <laughs> it really was an emotional thing, and it was really nicely done.
0: Maureen looked over at one point. And just like, Josh was sniffling. I, I was literally sniffling.
1: looked over and was like, "Oh my gosh, are you
0: okay?" Whatever. People know I'm emotional, and I'm not. I'm not ashamed of that at all. All right, our last song, the number one performance of the night. We save the best for last. That is the song, "The Wizard and I." Which is sung in the musical by Alphaba, made famous by Adina Menzel, and sung at the NBC special by Ariana Grande. When I meet
3: the wizard, once I prove my worth And when I meet the wizard, what I've waited for Since, since birth, and with all his wizard wisdom the wizard
1: My favorite number of the night, and I was really surprised. I am not a huge Ariana Grande fan. I, I'm not like a hater either. I don't really know. She's a hater. No, I'm not. I just I don't really listen to a lot of her music. I haven't been. Exposed. You're not a fan of
0: her pop music.
1: Yeah, I, I I can't even say that I'm not a fan. I haven't heard a lot of it. I haven't sought it out, and I haven't just happened to hear it. So I'm not super familiar with her as a pop artist. But I knew she had. I know she has a roots in. Broadway. And so I was very intrigued to hear her sing, and she knocked it out of the park. I think sometimes when you hear pop singers sing live, it doesn't sound like they do on the radio, but Ariana Grande, I mean, her voice was still her own. It did not sound like any of the other, you know, actresses who have sung this before that I've heard. She sounded like herself, but she, I mean, she just kicked butt. It was awesome. She was belting and you could tell she really loved it. Like she was really working hard and I just, I loved it. I thought it was one of the best examples of a pop artist singing a musical theater song and really doing it justice in the musical theater genre rather than like a pop interpretation of it.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it seemed like she was enjoying it. And I think that makes such a huge difference. The three performances that we thought were the best from this were clearly the people who seemed to be enjoying themselves the most, who were just in the moment and loving what they were doing. And I think that was especially true of Ariana Grande, who, yeah, as Maureen said, sung the pants out of this song. The only criticism I had of the entire song, and I think this is just true with live singing, when you probably don't have a huge amount of time to rehearse, is that some of her musical phrasing was a little off in places, like she was taking breaths in weird places, which you don't, notice when you're watching it on broadway or when you're watching a tour of the show or when you're listening to the cast album obviously but other than that and that's just super nitpicky it was really really good and i think that nbc really lucked out because she was a huge name that they were able to attach to this they saved her song for close to the very end and it paid off all right that will wrap up our discussion of wicked and the nbc wicked special we hope you liked it if you liked our musical theater talk let us know And go listen
1: to the Wicked Soundtrack if you haven't heard it before. It's on Spotify.
0: Yeah, and if you get a chance to check out the show, definitely do that. It's well worth the price of admission. All right, let's move on to our teasers. Maureen, do you want to kick us off?
1: I will. You guys, I'm going to be honest. I don't really have a teaser for this week. I sometimes (laughs) try to think, oh my gosh, what's something new that I've read or watched or listened to in the past week? And I don't have anything new this week. So um, Josh suggested that maybe I share some of the music that I listen to when I'm at work and wanting to be in the zone. So I use Spotify at work, which is really nice because I can listen to full albums. Um, And there are mostly everything I listen to while I'm working is nerdy. Um, But I really like to listen to two Broadway soundtracks, Dear Evan Hansen and The Bridges of Madison County, both because I know them really well and I can kind of just zone out and listen, but I just really like them for work. And I also have been listening to some movie soundtracks lately. I've mentioned Titanic soundtrack before. The Notebook soundtrack has some really nice ambient stuff. The Finding Nemo soundtrack is also really good too. Mm,
0: great album. Listen while you're Thomas working. Newman.
1: So that's mine. Honey, what's yours?
0: My teaser this week is an HBO show called Barry. It is created by Bill Hader and Alec Berg and starring Bill Hader And it's just a really interesting concept for a show. The basic premise is that Bill Hader is an assassin for hire, essentially. And he gets put on a job in Los Angeles and happens upon an acting class where he feels like his life should go. And he wants to retire from this business of being like a murder for hire kind of guy. And it's, it's a comedy. It's, it's a dark comedy, but it's really, really well done. And the performances are incredible. Bill Hader, won an Emmy for this and also starring Henry Winkler, who also won an Emmy for this this past year. So if you're looking for a show to check out, I'd recommend this one. It's short. It's only 30 minutes an episode.
1: All right, everyone. That's our show this week. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash podcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com.
1: Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode.
0: Bye. Bye bye. Okay, enough about Hocus Pocus. Let's move on from Halloween because now we are into November and we are just almost to Thanksgiving, just three weeks away. Almost. (laughs) We just hit November. Three weeks away. It's early this year.